everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. Where we talk about fan fiction. Each week we discuss three fics, one that each of us has chosen. Um, this week we attempted a theme. <laughs> we set ourselves <laughs> a challenge, um, and then the challenge was indeed challenging. <laughs> so we nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my fic for this week is Your Favorite Ghost by August Bird. It is a Steve Bucky fic set post-Winter Soldier. Um, Nick, what's your fic? I heard you say Steve Bucky, and as soon as you said Steve, my brain just started going, Stony, And I was like, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> Ficklets, no. this is an equal opportunity Steve ship podcast. <laughs> uh, it's good. My fic for this episode is called Don't Try, Demon by AO3 user Prosciutto. Uh, which is so exciting. I love that combination of words. Um, it is a fic for the show The Hundred, and it is a Clark Bellamy fic. Reed, what did you bring? I brought a Raven Cycle fic, um, which I'm very excited about. It is called Careful the Tale You Tell, and it is by AO3 user Shine a Light on Me. So, as Bren alluded to, um, yeah, we set. A theme slash challenge for ourselves this, for this episode. This is a themed episode. Technically. <laughs> um, it might be less themed than our last one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, our, our unintentional theme, I think, uh, was more cohesive than this one. But uh, hey, what what did we do for this episode? So this time around, we thought it might be fun if we each picked fix that uh, very prominently feature a trope that we don't usually love. <laughs> so we went and we found fix in which the trope was featured, but we still enjoyed the fic. Uh, it was like a little challenge for ourselves. Like, can you go dig deep into a trope and find a thing that you will love? And I think all three of us equally nailed it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. <laughs> So the thing about doing a challenge where you're trying to read fix for a trope you don't like is that all of us don't like these tropes for yeah, a reason. It was <laughs> and like, okay, I, I just want to be clear that like, in no way are we saying that like, like every single fic with these tropes are bad. No. Like across like us as hosts, the tropes that we picked are not universally like- Not at all. Disliked. Like we all have different preferences. And I think that's pretty apparent just- in the like um course of this podcast like we've yeah. all brought fix that people have enjoyed to different levels so this is not in any way like a condemnation of these specific tropes or the people who like write or enjoy them this is just like yeah like everyone has different things that they enjoy more or less than others and so this was like personally mm -hmm. what do you not normally read now go find something for it it was harder than all of us thought it was going to be. <laughs> I think I think it's about the journey, not the destination. Mm -hmm. That's how it was for me, at least. Okay, so the the trope that I picked um, was I think maybe it might be a little controversial. I feel like this is a trope that a lot of people really love, um, but for me, it was enemies to friends to lovers. So that relationship arc, I just have a hard time with. To be honest, y'all, <laughs> most fics that I read 
um, in my in my many years of fanning uh, that follow that specific relationship arc just don't really do it for me. Like, I don't know if they don't like each other. Like, why do I care? <laughs> Which there are exceptions, obviously. And I brought a fic that I think um, I have my reasons for having brought it. And I connected with it on a different level than I usually do with other fics in this genre. And like, I think objectively, I understand a lot of the appeal of it. It just in my heart, I... I struggle. So I spent a very long time being like, okay, here we go, everyone. Enemies to friends to lovers, AO3, under 50k, top kudos, any fandom. That didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really tough. <laughs> I just kept finding things I didn't want. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> maybe this isn't going to work. So the way that I ended up doing it, um, and I'll talk about this more when we get to my pick, uh, was that I found a pairing that in the canon had an enemies to friends to lovers arc that I already really liked. And then I used them as sort of a, a jumping off point. So I was like, I like this dynamic. I know what they're like when they're enemies. And I was kind of into that. So that was sort of my process. Um, and I'll talk more when we get to our fic about the ways in which I felt like I crushed it and the ways in which I crushed it much less. <laughs> <laughs> but that that was kind of how it went for me. How'd it go for you, Bren? I know you also <laughs> had, a, had a time of it. Well... <laughs> Um, it didn't go great, honestly, and I do feel <laughs> a sense of shame. <laughs> um, not, not, <laughs> oh, no. I don't, like, I want to clarify, I do not feel a sense of shame about bringing this fic. Like, I think this fic is a very good fic. I just feel a sense of shame because I don't think I did a good job at, like, bringing a fic that's super representative of a trope I don't like. Um, because honestly, reading for them wasn't fun. <laughs> um, like we've said, like, like, we don't yeah. like these tropes for a reason. And I, I think I found, like, I wanted to pick something that was a trope I definitively usually don't like, but I kept finding stuff that was really, like, gray area. Like, I would start reading for tropes where it's like, okay, well, I just kind of, this is, like, meh for me or whatever. And I was like, no, that's not good enough. But then it was also really hard to <laughs> you find, find a something. trope you just, like, really don't like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, What's the trope, Bren? Well, okay. The trope I ended up wanting to go for is amnesia fic. Um, uh -huh. This is actually after I went on a long journey through a different tropes tag. First, I was like, okay, I'm going to do magical realism because magical realism, as some of our ficlets might already know, is a trope I usually don't like <laughs> in fan fiction. So I went on a journey and I read a bunch of fic and honestly, some of it was pretty decent, but none of it was like exactly what I wanted to bring. And also like once we started comparing fics, I didn't want to bring two that had sort of like magic like fairy tale fantasy elements, because mm -hmm. um, that's sort of what Reads delves into as well. Um, mm -hmm. And then I was like, wait, I a think. Peek behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think I have something in my bookmarks that's basically an amnesia fic. And then I read it, and then it wasn't at all, but it's by the same <laughs> author. And then I was like, well, maybe they've written something else. <laughs> um, so then I read this one, and I was like, well, Bucky doesn't remember stuff, so that counts, right? <laughs> technically, he does lose his memory. You're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so like, technically, this is an amnesia fic in the sense that, like, yes, at the beginning of it, Bucky has lost his memory, but it's not really, uh -huh. like, an amnesia trope fic, I think. Um, I think the other reason I sort of convinced myself that I could bring it <laughs> is because, like, this sort of trope within this fandom sometimes is something I avoid. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, I could have done a better job, I think, but I still really love this fic and I'm excited to talk about it. Um, But yeah, and like, we'll get into it, I think, during my section, but like, it's definitely, Mm -hmm. it's definitely a fic about someone who has memory problems, not like an amnesia trope fic. (laughs) But not like, (laughs) what are you gonna do? Like, this person like hit their head and then woke up and they don't remember anything. Uh, Right, because as it turns out, I still don't like reading this. How long was I asleep? Like, character A wakes up in the hospital room, and character uh-huh. B is like, oh, I'm so glad you're finally awake. Oh, and they're like, God. who are you? Ah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bucky is like, who are you? Right. Technically. <laughs> well, in the movie, the he's like, who the hell is Bucky? Yeah. Oh, sorry, who the hell is Bucky? I've seen this movie, technically. God. But they're like, not in a hospital room. They're on like a freeway overpass, and they're yeah. trying to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, romance. enemies to friends to lovers. <laughs> well, friends to enemies to friends to lovers. Ooh, the true, the true trope the, I should have looked yeah, for. That's the real arc. Um, all right, oh, so that's enough about me for now. We'll get back to it. Reed, yeah. what was yours? All right, perfect student Reed. <laughs> well, okay, I don't actually... Read with your perfect <laughs> fic, with your perfect theme. <laughs> with no, your clearly established is, tropes. I, yeah. Well, okay, really? all right. <laughs> I can't believe I'm being bullied for picking a fic that fit our theme. <laughs> I feel like maybe this is my, um, I, I had to do a little bit better on this one because when we did our, like, quote-unquote holiday fic, I feel like I sort of phoned it in on that one. There was a mention that the holidays were occurring at the time of my fic. My, my connection was that it was snowing, so. <laughs> yeah, but, like. Tintin Narnia crossover. Where would this pod be without it? You yeah, know? that's true. That's true. Um, anyway, my, uh, so I went for a mix of two tropes. The thing that I was going to say is that actually I feel like um, I feel like I also maybe sort of went middle of the road in the sense that um, unlike Bren, I didn't and, and Nick, I didn't fully commit to like a trope I absolutely <laughs> super don't like. We went too hard. <laughs> so much as I was like, okay, like these are tropes that I honestly like would not ever click on but if they were recommended to me by a friend I would give it a chance like they're not normally things that I really enjoy I don't ever seek them out but like I'm not opposed to reading them that's where I went (laughs) and that worked out pretty well for me um so the two tropes in my fic that I do not normally read are that it is a fairy tale AU and also it's kid fic um Although, I'll say, like, you guys are like, wow, Reed, like, you really stuck to the theme. Which is funny, because, like, is this kid fic? Yeah, I guess. But I also think, like... Non-traditional kid fic. Non-traditional. It's not, like, <laughs> single dad Adam. Like, yeah, exactly. It's Ronan at the YMCA. Yeah, like, <laughs> it is, I mean, yeah, like, Ronan has a kid. But I think uh, if you just said kid fic, I don't think, like, sure. this is the way that you'd think about it. Um, but, yeah, mine is mine is a kid fic and a fairy tale you. Um Yeah, I think fairy tale is more the trope that I, like, would really be skeptical of. Um, And this one is very classic fairy tale. It is literally, like, you made a deal with a witch, and the witch said, I need your firstborn child, and that uh, has some consequences. And then you're gay, and you think you're never going to have a kid, Mm -hmm. so you're like, whatever. (laughs) Whatever, yeah. Classic fairy tale. Um, And then you still acquire a child from the forest. Whoops. I'll get into it. classic (laughs) trope. You know, the forest child I don't usually read it, but this time I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I will 
get into the specifics of it later, but I I came across this fic because of um dear dear friend of the pod M. Thank you so much. Thank you, M. Um Ficklet of the Ep. The Ficklet of the Ep. Thank you. Totally saved me from having to dig through. I mean, I did like I read a bunch of other stuff. Like I did um pitch a few different fics to you guys that I had read that I thought fit this theme, but I'm glad that this is the one that we ended up going with. Um I had multiple options for this theme. <laughs> I'm so good at picking things for the theme. Listen, like once every like six episodes, I do my homework correctly for this <laughs> for this podcast. So most of the time, I'm just kind of winging it. Definitely the the day of recording as I'm frantically going through Ao3, like oh god, oh god, what is my next pick for this podcast? Yeah, you say that as if I didn't text you two hours ago, being like, okay, I think I've finally done it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we um we here at Ficklick are really good at planning. Speak for yourself. We are always really on it. Well, yeah, actually, Nick is usually pretty pretty okay <laughs> when it comes to picking fix, yeah. but Brent and I scramble. A I used bit sometimes. to be so good. Like at the beginning, I was yeah. so on it. I you knew were like weeks one. ahead, and oh, now yeah. I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, hey, Kirk to Starfleet, <laughs> beam me up into talking about our first fake. Let's go, Brenna. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Why am I here? Alright, so it's my turn to go first this week, and my fic is Your Favorite Ghost by August Bird. Um, it is a Marvel fic for Stephen Bucky, um, set post-Captain America the Winter Soldier. Um... So there are a couple uh, content warnings for this fic. I don't think either of them are going to be surprising, especially if you've seen Captain America the Winter Soldier. You pretty much know what you're in for. Um, I think this just mostly just has canon-typical violence, canon-typical memory loss, and sort of like mentions of past medical abuse. This fic um, basically follows directly after the events of that movie and basically details like Steve looking for Bucky, Steve finding Bucky, Bucky not remembering a whole lot, Bucky starting to remember more, and then figuring out, like, what the fuck to do about all of it. Um, this is not, like, an uncommon plot within, like, Steve Bucky fandom, I think. Like, it's something that was pretty much completely overlooked by the Marvel movies, um, so fandom has taken it upon themselves to figure out, like, what the hell would have happened. Um, because... We basically just jump from one movie where Bucky doesn't know who Bucky is to another movie where he's fine. But whatever. <laughs> we have no resentment towards Marvel in this house at all. None. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah, that um, glaring error on Marvel's part <laughs> has led to a proliferation of fan fiction that sort of deals with Bucky getting his memories back. I think there's sort of two main branches of that trope. Um, there's sort of fic like this one that basically is just like Bucky can't remember, um, but by the end he at least remembers some of like his life prior to being a Winter Soldier. Um, and then I think there's another sort of branch which we're not going to get into today, but um, which is sort of more of like a deprogramming of Bucky, where like even after he starts to remember some stuff, maybe like there's still a lot of like uh, like trigger words embedded in his like brain and memory where they have to sort of deprogram him. Um, but this one follows the first vein. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of amnesia fic um, 
are basically AUs. Like, they're not canon compliant in the sense that, like, the person who usually has amnesia in the fic doesn't usually also have amnesia in canon. Usually it's something being done for the sake of fan fiction and, like, like, you know, manipulating the relationship in that way to, like, show new sides of it. Um, This is a little different in the fact that, like, it kind of is more canon-centric about, like, a character who really doesn't have all of his memories. Um, But it gives writers, I think, a lot of room to play with, like, how memory works. I think that's one of the things that I found interesting about this fic. And, um, like, I also want to talk a little bit about, like, the meta that the author posted just in terms of their imagining of how Bucky's memory works, like what parts he might have lost, what parts he might still have, and how that would have functioned in his like regaining of some of his prior memories. Um, I think also I just really like this fic, uh, both for like how it handles Steve and Bucky and their relationship. I think it does a great job of really like, I think in, in a lot of these fics, especially these fics set directly post-Winter Soldier, like, Bucky is in a very, like, dehumanized place. Like, you know, the Winter Soldier is talked about as, like, being more of, like, a weapon than a person, I think. And, like, a lot of this fic is about them, like, regain- or about, like, Bucky regaining personhood to a certain extent. But I like that this fic, even though it's dealing with the dehumanization, it allows Bucky to still be his own very autonomous person. Um... And, like, when they sort of have to confront their relationship and, like, what they are to each other, obviously our challenge to ourselves was to pick a trope we usually don't like. Amnesia fic is something I'm usually not too fond of. I think (laughs) there are a lot of reasons for that. And, like, to be completely honest, because it's not something I'm very fond of, it's not something I've read a whole ton of. Um, But I was thinking about one fic I read fairly recently that was, like, very classic amnesia trope. Like, one of them just wakes up, can't remember, doesn't know why. Um, And I was trying to think about, like, amnesia fic, why memory loss fic is something I avoid. And I think there's, like, a few different reasons. But I think a big one for me is that when I open up a piece of fic, I'm looking to read the character dynamic that I kind of expect the two characters to have when I go into it. And obviously different authors will write characters differently. Like I love that about fan fiction. But I think for me, when one of them doesn't remember who they are or who the other person is, that detracts a lot of what I enjoy about their relationship. Like it really changes it. Um, And I think for me, the reason that this fic works for me is because Bucky actually suffers this and it sort of is a like, it's more of amusing on their, like, canon relationship rather than him undergoing this thing that didn't happen in canon. Um, yeah, I think in a lot of them, I just, like, spend a lot of time waiting for the other person to get their memories back so I can have the relationship that I went into the fic wanting. And, but then that kind of also contradicts itself for me because, or, like, my feelings contradict themselves because I also don't expect the person to be exactly the same if they've lost their memories, you know? Like, I think one of the things I like about this one is that Bucky isn't exactly the same after he's regained his memories. And, like, I don't really like the just, like, ooh, magically someone has all their memories back after this, like, traumatic period where they didn't kind of thing in Amnesia fic. Because um, it's like, then what was the whole point of me suffering through all of those 
thousands of words where they can remember <laughs> each other if it's just going to go back to normal. But then also sometimes it's too sad if they don't remember. Like, I really cannot read, like, Eternal Sunshine mm-hmm. AUs. Like, they fuck me up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I've just kind of started avoiding the whole trope, even though, like, I can also see why people might like it and, like... I don't want to dis... Like, I don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong or bad with it. I think I just, like... It's it's more a matter of, like, okay, if this is the relationship between the characters that I want to read, what is one of them not remembering gonna, like, do to that relationship? And oftentimes it's not something Mm -hmm. I, like, enjoy. But yeah, that's my thoughts on Amnesia Fic, broadly, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Um... But I know that you two feel differently, or at least, Nick, I know you feel differently. Um, so I'm curious <laughs> to hear your thoughts on the trope as well. Yeah, as your local Amnesia AU enthusiast, uh, ha- happy to discuss. <laughs> I really like this trope, honestly. I think um, there are a few different reasons for me. But it definitely is a trope that like I have actively sought out in fandoms. Like I will wreck it to people. Um, if I think the fic is good, like, I mean, I think with with any trope, there's a lot of different ways it can be done and a lot of different ways in which um, the execution feels different. And there are some that I like a lot better than others. Um, I think, you know, your your classic amnesia trope, you sort of outlined it, right? Like the person wakes up and they're like, oh, like, what year is it? Da, da, da. And then someone else is there and it's either like, who are you? Or like the way that I know you is different from the way that I used to know you. Um, and then, you know, everyone's like, oh, don't tell them too much, it'll overwhelm them, and then they have to go through, like, their life trying to act as normal as possible while also not really knowing what's happening. And then they, like, get memories back gradually sometimes, most of the time, and then they're very strategic memories, too, so that Mm -hmm. they don't, like, remember too much all at once, (laughs) and it's also mostly romantic. Mm -hmm. Um, and then at the end... It can go one of many ways, but the the classic way I would say is there's like one moment, usually like very random and like unexpected, where they just like remember everything and they make eye contact with like the person that like they're in love with and they're like, oh my God, it's me. And they're like, what? It's you. (laughs) So exciting. Um, I mean, I think like when you get a trope this classic, I feel a similar way as I do with a lot of like fake dating AUs almost where like I know what's gonna happen like I am not surprised when at the end someone like remember stuff again and often like if they don't I get kind of sad and like I feel cheated they're like because the author will be like oh like this is how real life goes and I'm like I know what I wanted to read in Amnesia <laughs> AU where they remember <laughs> you're also it's funny you say that because you are the only one of the three of us who has like read and greatly enjoyed Eternal Sunshine AUs yeah I like to be sad also yeah like it, it I feel like it depends on, like what you go in looking for you know like you have your expectations set up a certain way depending on like what you think the trope is gonna be and like amnesia and eternal spot, like amnesia fic versus just like eternal sunshine fic are like two kind of yeah. similar but different premises. I would expect them to end differently. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I think like there's the part of me that I I think we know this. I I like for characters to be sad sometimes. Like I'll read Womp. Try me. Fine. I'll do it. Oh, don't dare me to read Womp. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier today, Nick was describing a fic that they were reading. So we were oh, sitting across from each so other eating good. lunch. And I, I literally made them stop because I was too sad. Oh, it's I don't know so what my good. face was doing, but you were making fun of me for, I don't know, maybe how horrified I looked. Yeah. It was really upsetting. Sorry, this is not about... It was good. It wasn't like graphic or anything. It was just really sad. Um, well, I think there's other parts of the Amnesia AU too that I love. Like, I love any 
premise that allows the characters to kind of renegotiate their relationships with each other. So that's what I love about like, oh, like we used to be best friends and then we like best friend broke up and now like we're meeting again five years later and we're slightly different people, but we're trying to like re-get to know each other and reestablish who we are to each other. Um, I think Amnesia fast tracks that very hard sometimes where usually your POV character is the one who can't remember anything. So they're like, who is this person to me? Who are all of these people to me trying to examine group dynamics? I think it allows for a really interesting analysis of like friend groups in some ways of like noticing who's closer and why and how things work and if they do or don't understand certain dynamics. Oh, it's just fun. I like seeing everything from the outside. I like the usually promise of some kind of a happy ending. And sometimes it gets inverted in a way that I like. Um, Cause sometimes it is like, maybe I won't remember, but like we're still building this thing together and like, that's going to be okay. And like the person that I am and the person that I am becoming through this process still loves you. Even if I don't remember everything that I did before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just got excited. <laughs> I forgot how much I love this trope, but I started talking about it and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like we represent um, uh, different points on a scale where Bren, this is like really not a trope that she enjoys. Nick obviously has a lot of feelings. Yeah. I like this trope. Like, I think I've like maybe sought it out a couple of times. It's more, you know, like, I don't I don't know, Ficklets, if you saw the um, like the, the trope tier ranker thing that was going around Twitter a little while ago. But like, I don't know. I think Amnesia ranked like middle high for me. It wasn't at my very top, but like, I enjoy it. Um I think I enjoy it for similar reasons that Nick said, like, I like, sometimes you just, like, want a fic that follows familiar beats. Yeah. Like, that is nice. I also, like, I love some good dramatic irony. I love when it is, like, um, just so apparent to the reader, like, certain things that have happened, but, you know, the POV character, is, or even if it's not, like, the, the character mm -hmm. with amnesia, um, is, like, I don't understand what's going on, and it's, like, you fool! Yeah. Um. You're married! Or, like, whatever it is. It's just, like, I don't know. I, I always, or I think that is often a very fun um, part of Amnesia fic. Um, I don't know. I was trying to think about, like, Amnesia fics that I've read that I can recall. And I feel like my brain went in two wildly different directions. One is um, a Steve Tony fic that is, like, very, very popular and, like, devastatingly sad. Where, like, the description is, like... Uh, Tony contracts an Asgardian virus and slowly starts losing his memory. Oh god. That one is like Ooh, uh, that one read it, but shit. <laughs> oh, it's it's so good. It's so devastating. Oh I haven't god. read it in a while. Um I read I, a clean fic like that. Oh back and in we're back to eleven. <laughs> oh it's it's next glee corner again, folks. Um but there was like that, and then I'm thinking about I read a bunch of or I feel like a fair amount of amnesia fake for like hockey, which was so wildly <laughs> different in tone, which was like, you know, kind of your what expected team am like I on? they, you know, <laughs> have an injury. I don't know. I, I mean, I remember one where it was like he didn't remember the past like three or four years or something. I think it was like Tyler Sagan. And so I think like he still thought he was on the Bruins, but then mm -hmm. he was like on the stars, like that whole thing. Um I but like those I've read those that. I feel like have a much different hmm? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, I said I feel like I've read that. <laughs> um but I feel like those had such a different tone than, like, the Marvel fix I read where it's, like, because of magic or something similar. It's, like, horrible, yeah. slow lost God. memories or whatever versus just sort of, like, brutal. Uh. Yeah. I mean, though, I did read the most devastating Eternal Sunshine AUA I ever read was a hockey fix. So. Yeah. 
Wow. I've never read an Eternal it's Sunshine good. uh The AU. Eternal Sunshine each other is really horrible yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Eternal Sunshine fix can get so devastating so fast. Yeah. And then a lot of times they don't really fix it, so you're just devastated at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you two... That's probably why I've never read one. Like, you two saying those things, like, I think it, it makes sense to me why people like this trope. I think, for me, I just get frustrated during that middle part like i actually read a, like a much more typical amnesia au for the untamed the other week because it was like there and someone on twitter had ah. wrecked it and it was well <laughs> written like i i don't have anything bad to say about the fic itself but i just like found myself frustrated in the okay i will <laughs> um <laughs> okay i found myself frustrated as like long one g couldn't remember things i was like i don't like i don't want to be on this journey with you i just want you to remember already <laughs> but then it's like <laughs> In 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 things more like the Steve Bucky fic, I I enjoy that process more. I think like I don't know in in more typical amnesia fic, I think I'm just like waiting for them to get back to their old relationship because that's kind of what I came in for. And like as much as I do enjoy fics where like relationships are kind of renegotiated, like some of the examples you gave Nick of like people who like were friends coming back together or maybe they were even together a long time ago and they're like meeting again. I really like those kind of fics, but I think a reason I like them is because they remember what they used to be to each other and like how Uh, it's all changed, you know? Like, I don't know. Memory is just such a huge part of personality for me that like also sometimes the way people write characters who don't have their memories start to feel really like not themselves, like, not the character I came yeah. here to read about. Um, and I think that can be an ex- interesting exploration. I just think it's one of the reasons I get, like, turned off of the trope. <laughs> that being said, however, I did think it was interesting. Um, the author for the Steve Bucky fic posted a little bit of meta on Tumblr around the same time that this fic was written, so 2014. Um, and in it, they talked a bit about, like, their their thought process on how Bucky's memory would have worked. And um, they basically were, like, they they had run with the ability... Sorry. <clears throat> they had basically gone with the idea that, like, Bucky's ability to maintain long-term memory had been ruined and he could only retain short-term memories. And, like, what would that look like in terms of him trying to get back some of these older memories um i also thought one line was really funny um that it was basically like realistically i think that bucky would have ended up dead or in jail left to his own devices without (laughs) any sense of person i have doubts that he would survive but (laughs) and i was like ah fan fiction um exactly no but i thought it was really interesting because i think like like what you were saying nick a lot of times amnesia fic i think will give us these very like poignant like mem- like snatches of memory that are very like romantic and have something to do with like these yeah, characters yeah. lives together and stuff and I like that this fic didn't do that for Bucky it gave us some of that through like Steve's POV but Steve has all mm-hmm. his memories so like that's chill yeah um, that was really smart I like that like basically the author had imagined that a lot of Bucky's memories might come back to him as more like sensory effects um and really small flashes at the beginning um that like certain things would like trigger little bits but it would be really hard to find figure out how those things went together for him um I thought that was just like good and interesting and I think a lot of times amnesia fic and all of these things that I'm saying I do not mean this to be like a criticism of people who write these fics because obviously they are well loved I this is just personal opinions (laughs) um like, a lot of times I think we want to see, like, the memories unfold in a chronological fashion. Like, they start to get their memories back and we sort of also see their, like, 
relationship play out. Um, mm-hmm. And I like the idea of Bucky getting these memories back that, like, aren't necessarily, like, the quote-unquote important ones to him, you know? Like, if he, like, can remember, like, what their wood floor of their apartment looked like, is that, like, what we would narratively usually consider an important memory? Probably not, but I liked how it functioned here. And I like that it was instead Steve who was giving us the, like, actual kind of, like, looks back at their past. Um, Yeah, so I I just thought that was interesting. I kind of liked... I liked knowing what thought the author had put into, like, Bucky's memory problems and, like, how he was going to start to, like, regain pieces of them. Um, I, I, yeah, like, I, I feel like I haven't seen that in a lot of fic and, like, honestly, I'm not someone who usually goes seeking out, like, the author's thoughts on a fic. Like, I'm happy to just read the fic as it is, but because it was fic click, I was like, okay, I'm curious. Like, I want to know what else they have to say about this. <laughs> like, I usually probably wouldn't have clicked on it. Um, like, I've read this fic before and I did not click on that link to the meta, <laughs> but this time I did and I was happy I did because I thought it was, it, it definitely, like, made me think about some of the other moments in the fic as well. Like, yeah. And how, how the idea that Bucky might be relying a lot more on short-term memory, how that might have impacted some of the scenes that we see from him in the present as well. Yeah, I really loved that it was Steve's point of view. I thought that was, I mean, it makes sense, right? I feel like for as much as a movie is not always in one character's POV, The Winter Soldier is a Steve POV film. Mm-hmm. I'm making that call now. I watched it once many years ago, but I'm calling it as the resident Marvel expert <laughs> and the resident Captain America expert, I should mm-hmm. say. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I like that this fic mirrored the way in which the movie very much felt like it was from Steve's perspective. And I think that it felt very true to the Steve of that movie. Um, I feel like in the in the FitClick Discord server, join it if you're not in it, if you're interested, it's on our Twitter, hit us up. Um, even earlier today, dating this recording, people were talking about um, the the characterization of Steve as like a, a pearls clutching, mm. almost like ma- maiden. Golly <laughs> gosh, I think yeah. is the phrase that I go. used. <laughs> Golly gosh. Yeah. Um, this Steve felt way more grounded, both in the experiences that he had in the canon of sort of the world that we're pulling from, as well as the actual movie that is the source material for this fic. Um, it, it felt like a very true Steve. And so I liked that the decisions that were made and the ways in which he felt about things felt very close to canon Steve. Um, I don't I we I all the Marvel fic I've read for this pod, y'all. We're 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 doing it. We're here. <laughs> and this is my third Marvel fic. I feel like more, but maybe not. This is my fourth. I don't know. I don't I, know. Gosh, yeah. this is like okay, Bren, when you were talking about memory and how like it's hard to be like with a character when they don't remember stuff, my brain jumped to like listening to a podcast and they're like, oh, I can't remember. And you're listening to it and you're like, it's this, but they can't hear you. That's what this feels yeah. like. Uh, however many, not a lot. Um, <laughs> I like that like the characterization has differed a little bit between each fic. And mm-hmm. I feel like I can almost tell based on what canon it was based off of. Yeah. Like the oh, Winter yeah. Soldier, to me personally, as a Marvel connoisseur, was kind of a tonal shift in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. It definitely was, yeah. 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 I don't know. I just really liked that it was his point of view. I love that we got the memories from him. I thought that was a very, very smart choice on the author's part that we were able to get kind of the romantic reverie and also the the sadness of the past from Steve, who remembers everything and has the context and is able to give us things in sort of the order that we need them. Um, instead of Bucky picking up fragments. Um, and also just like how 
inherently tragic it is for Steve to want his friend back so much. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. his friend to be Bucky the Winter Soldier, like I completely understand how you can watch that movie and then immediately want this fix specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think what you were saying too, just about how you felt like this was true to the canon Steve of that time, mm-hmm. um, you nailed it. Uh, at of least course. in my opinion, because all of my early notes for this fic while I was reading were just things like, wow, you ever just love Sam, Steve, and Natasha? Or like one of my <laughs> notes straight up is just like, ah. Uh, what we had before the travesty that was Captain America Civil War. <laughs> like, mood. God, I mean, this fic, <laughs> we've talked a bunch on the pod about the 2012 Tower era of fix because that's mm-hmm. mostly what's been brought. Right. Um, but I feel like this fic is a really, really good representation of sort of what fandom looked like at this time. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you were saying that- It was thriving from what I recall. Yeah. I mean, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, was a cultural reset. <laughs> at least within Marvel fandom. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I think not just in terms of, like, characterization, but just also in terms of what fandom wanted at the time. Like, I feel like that helps date a fic. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know, there were so many things about the way that this fic was written that felt really true to, like, that period of fandom- um, even though I was not as deeply into Steve Bucky, um, as I was into Steve Tony, like I was, I was reading a fair amount of Steve Bucky after The Winter Soldier because The Winter Soldier was very good. I don't know. I loved, I mean, this fic was so good for Steve, but it was so good for everyone else too. Like the gnat of this fic was absolutely delightful. Um, Natasha has really been through a lot in, uh, Marvel, uh, canon. God. God, I'm so sorry, Natasha. Um, but I feel like fandom has always like done their best to do a better <laughs> job with her than the writers ever have. And I feel like the Nat of the Winter Soldier was really strong. Mm-hmm. And so that is a characterization that people latched onto. And also, like I said before, Sam, Steve, and Nat have just the most fun dynamic. They're so good. And there was so much in that movie to play off of. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought a lot of that was brought into this fic as well in a way that I really loved. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's nice to read a fic and feel deeply rooted in the time that it's written. Yeah, I think this fic is so clearly like a direct response to that movie. And like, I mean, this fic is very popular. And I think for a clear reason. And like that reason is that it it is the fic you want to go read, I feel like, after Winter Soldier. Um, How many kudos does it have? Like 15,000. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, yeah that's it's a bunch. It's it's really popular. It's within like the first page of Steve Bucky results if you sort by kudos or if you sort by bookmarks, which are the only two ways I sort. So um anyway, I mean it's had a lot of years to also like gather that, but I think I think it's very clear like this was a fic a lot of fans were looking for. Um I think one of the other reasons it works so well for me is that it isn't just sort of answering the questions we all had about Bucky at the end of that movie. But I think it works well because it's sort of an exploration of, like, both Bucky trying to, like, figure himself out, Steve and Bucky trying to figure their relationship out, but also, like, Steve being at this kind of big changing point in his life, too. Like, I I think you're totally right, Nick, that, like, Winter Soldier was a very was it like a tonal shift within MCU and the Steve of that movie 
kind of stands apart for me from like all the other MCU Steves and I wish we had gotten more of him, but whatever. Okay, sorry, I'm stopping. I'm not going to be bitter anymore. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I thought he had a beard. That's how I, that's how I remembered him. I don't think he does in that movie. No, he doesn't get a beard until much, he, much later. I feel like that really, yeah, it really speaks to like the angst that you see within him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, I mean, I think this fic like sort of nods its head to the fact that like Steve has had a lot of sort of his idealism come crumbling down, and yet he doesn't want to fully like give up on like the things that he believes in um i think he's a lot more practical and jaded than we saw him in like avengers one or anything like that um and yet still very much desiring of like connection i think that's kind of that's like the struggle that he's kind of going through within the winter soldier movie of like what's his role in all of this like he's sort of like captain america he's supposed to be this very like idealistic do-gooder and yet like what happens when like the thing you're fighting for isn't good like turns out to be evil um and then like what also what happens when your dead best friend isn't dead anymore (laughs) and also there's a lot of like homoerotic subtones but whatever (laughs) um but I think, like, that's one of the reasons that this worked so well for me. And I, I was thinking about it in regards to what you were saying, Nick, about liking that amnesia fic can have a big element of, like, relationship, like, renegotiation. Because I think as much as this has that for Steve and Bucky together as a couple, like, I think it also has a lot of it for them as individuals. And I think it's, I feel like we get more of that from, like, Steve at the beginning, and then we kind of just have to hold on to it as we get further into, like, Bucky's story. And he kind of tries to come to terms with his, like, perceived lack of personhood, basically. Yeah, I think this fic does a good job of, like, playing between, like, having some of those really quintessential, like, amnesia fic moments. Like, it has that moment where Bucky can't, like, really remember what their relationship is, but he, he, like, asked Steve what they were to each other, basically. Yeah. Like, and it's good! Like, it's so good! Like, I love oh, that moment in this so fic. Um, yeah. But it also is very, like, rooted in the canon of Winter Soldier, and it's it's honestly pretty sad, too. Like, even as happy as Steve is to have any sort of version of Bucky back, like, there are these lines about how, like, on the worst days, he wished he never found Bucky, that, like, instead they were both just dead. Like, sometimes that's the best option to him, like, as if they had both just died back then and not had to have, like figured out what their lives look like to each other now in this new world that neither of them ever asked to be in. My darling, that's a stucky fake, right? (laughs) God. Kill me. I didn't know you made me sad. I know, I know. I mean, stucky fake is very good at being sad because, like, it's, it's, it's pretty, like, their story is not a happy one. It's, like, pretty fucking tragic. So, um, Yeah. yeah, and, like, Fandom likes to go roll around in that tragic mud. <laughs> I mean, valid. <laughs> and I like to read about it. <laughs> um, no, but like, I mean, I think like, not to be a classic Stucky fan, but like Winter Soldier is definitely the movie like, that like converted me. And like, the fic after it is just really good. Like, I think this this is kind of a classic example of like the fic that came out in that era and like what it was trying to explore and like why it's compelling. Um all right, so that was Your Favorite Ghost by August Bird. It is a Steve Bucky fic set after Winter Soldier. I think it's a very, like, classic rendering of what fandom wanted at that time, what people's sort of, like, thoughts were about what could have happened after that movie, like, what we wanted in terms of, like, the relationship that we weren't shown from canon. Um, 
it also, I think, does count as an amnesia fic. It's just not an amnesia trope <laughs> fic. Um, but a lot of it is about, like, Bucky renegotiating with himself, like, who he is. Um, Steve trying to come to terms with that as well. And, like, them trying to figure out, like, do they have a future together? Um, it's good. I liked it a lot. I was happy to get to bring a Steve Bucky fic after we've been on the Stony train for a while. Um, I liked that train, but it was time for me to get off and change to a different train. <laughs> um, that was my fic. Thanks for coming along on this ride with me. Yeah. My fic for this episode is called Don't Try Demon, and it's by Prosciutto. I never get tired of saying that. <laughs> it's a very good name. Uh, yeah, hey, this is a fic for The Hundred. It is a show. I almost said a reality show. Not at all. It is a fictional show that I watched some of. <laughs> Enough to be able to read this fic. Also, this fic is like such an AU. It's fine. Um. The main pairing of this fic is Bellamy Blake, Clark Griffin. They are sort of the two main characters of this show. Um, before I get too much into the fic and the show and everything, I just want to say that I do not really have any content warnings for this fic. Um, it's a BuzzFeed Unsolved AU. <laughs> Spoilers. Pew pew. Pew pew. <laughs> That's pew, it, pew, the whole fic. Pew pew. pew. Um, yeah, very gentle spoiler horns, because like, <laughs> listen... If you look at the tags on the fic, then you just know, so... <laughs> not Is it that a spoiler, spoiler to just talk about, like, the framing the of the fic? Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe not. Um, yeah, it's a BuzzFeed Unsolved AU. They are co-workers who certainly do not get along. You could even say there's animosity between them. Because <laughs> um, they're enemies. Oh! <laughs> and they go off to do the... They Essentially, it's the, the start of BuzzFeed Unsolved in their world, um, where they Bellamy and Clark are paired up, and they go off, and they do a shoot, and it's very similar to sort of the first episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved, where Shane and Ryan do that. Um, and, you know, there's, like, maybe some supernatural goings on, and also they fall in love, and it's a whole thing, and it's beautiful. Wow, Bellamy and Clark, we stand. Um... Some background on The Hundred before I get into the trope. So The Hundred is a show. It is a sci-fi show, technically. It's based on a novel, but like we don't usually worry too much about the novel, to be honest. Um, in the show, it's almost 100 years after a catastrophe on Earth in which most of humanity has fled to a spaceship called the Ark. Um, after 97 years, I think... Um, they send down a ship of 100 juvenile detainees. Some young criminals um, are, are sent down. Um, and, like, they're criminals in very different ways. Uh, some of them really didn't do anything wrong. One of them was just born, except she was the second child and they're not supposed to have more than one. So that's not really her fault. Um, yeah, so the adults that committed crimes on this ship were usually just sort of jettisoned into space and killed that way, but the youths get a second chance to see if Earth is inhabitable. Um, pretty horrible, to be honest, but they manage... Well, I don't say they do okay. They they really don't. <laughs> Clark and Bellamy do, though, and they're two of the ones that get sent down. Um, Bellamy is sort of our roguish anti-hero at the beginning. He is very snarky. He's very anti-establishment. Um, he has been dealt a very unfair hand in his life, and he essentially snuck down... Um, on this ship to look after his sister. 
Um, so that's him. And then you have Clark, who for a while, for most of her life, really, was very, very privileged aboard this ship. Like her parents held very high positions. Her mom was a doctor. Her dad did all of this research stuff. Um, but when her dad turned up this information that the Ark was going to fail, they jettisoned him into space. That sucks. Um, and then Clark got in trouble for being mad about it. So she gets sent down too. Um, but she is very much the, like, I still believe in the cause. Like, I I like rules. Um, she's great. We love her. Clark is kind of our protagonist in the show. We stand, to be honest. Canonically bisexual, which we doubly stand. Wow, Clark. Get it? Um, but that's, that's the dynamic that the show sets up for us. So... Um, I think it's very easy to translate that over into this fic where you see Bellamy being like, oh, like Clark had all of this like nepotism, like she doesn't deserve these things. Like princess is a thing that he calls her in the show as well. And that shows up in this fic and like almost all fic, I think that includes both of them together. I did some like searching around. <laughs> I was not surprised. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the, the way that it sets it up. Um, their arc in the show, they start out definitively as adversaries and, over the course of the show, they begin to trust each other um, all the way up to the end of this latest season, season six, which is not the last season, as I just learned. Um, spoilers, I didn't watch the whole show, okay? <laughs> spoilers for season six. Pew, 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 pew. Um, there's like, they're, they're definitively like very, very close and there's like some romantic stuff going on. Also, the actors are married in real life and I think that's really cute anyway. But yeah, hey, I picked this because it's a trope I don't usually read. Not only is it not a trope I usually read, it is a trope that I often actively avoid. So I really, I dug deep for this one. <laughs> and um, I talked about this at the beginning, but the compromise that I ultimately made really was like, I picked a fic where I already knew that I liked the canon arc of this sort of enemies to friends to lovers. I like them. I like them as a ship um, in the show. So that made it a lot easier for me to translate that over. Um, and like... Are they, strictly speaking, enemies in this fic? S some would say yes. <laughs> some might say no. <laughs> it's more of, I would say, kind of a, a bickery coworker thing. Like, they don't like each other at the beginning, but I don't think there's, like, a, a deep-seated hatred or rivalry or, like, a, a blood feud or anything going on here. Um, and it gets resolved fairly easily. They're not, like trapped and they have to work together to get out and they still hate each other but they put aside their hatred and see each other in a new light and it's beautiful like it it's a little bit lighter than that it's um i would say it's lighter than the show honestly the show itself has some of that like really deep-rooted enemies to friends to lovers type thing going on um whereas the fic doesn't as much um but i think that's also part of like why i liked it <laughs> I had a really hard time choosing. I couldn't find stuff that was short enough that I thought I was going to really enjoy. I think I needed more development if I like didn't know the canon really well already. Um, and most canons that I know are not um, that same sort of relationship arc. Um, and I think I guess to explain a little bit about why it's not really my thing. Um, I think for me, when it comes to relationships and fix, the ones that I like the most are ones where you can really tell that like, it starts out, or not even starts out, but it's rooted in the characters just, like, really liking each other as human beings. I think that's something that's really important to me, and I notice it a lot if it's sort of missing. Like, if, if these characters are just so passionately in love and, like, burning each other up, I think I have a hard time when there's not a really strong base of friendship there. 
Um, and so I think enemies to lovers can build that. I don't think that it's impossible, like, at all. Um, like, I loved Timeshare. That's a fic that we did on this pod. Wow, imagine if we hadn't done it that episode and I could have brought it for this episode. But I think <laughs> that's okay. No, you will never hey, run away from my mind. We're doing Timeshare again, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think, like, I just have a really difficult time when the base for a relationship doesn't feel sturdy. Um, and I think that, for me, a lot of enemies to lovers fic that I've read first takes characters that like already like each other and then makes them hate each other and then I just get sad because <laughs> I'm like wait they're friends and I love them <laughs> this is a bummer um but then also along the way the development I think needs to work in a really specific way for me to feel invested and then also like a happy ending that they have is earned um I think that's where I tend to struggle sometimes I feel like the trope itself is propping so much of it up that you're expecting them to be like enemies to lovers that the actual execution doesn't always stick the landing for me in terms of emotional depth. So I think when it works, it can be amazing. I can think of a, a like a few, <laughs> a few enemies to lovers fix that like I've really loved. It's just none of them were really right to bring this time. So I think this fic works. I think it, it doesn't do exactly what you would expect this trope to do in a situation where it is really digging into both the trope and the emotional development of the ship. Well, I feel like part of enemies to friends to lovers and maybe like why you struggle with it is like what is the writer considering like enemies yeah um because like i think you're right like if the canon material is a thing where the two characters like each other a lot then it's like okay well why are you making them enemies like what is the premise for that and then in what way is that manifesting and then like um how do you overcome that versus I don't know, like, I, I was thinking about not to just literally never shut up about Steve Tony, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like... Well, I feel like a lot of the enemies to friends to lovers fix that I read were for those two right after, like, Avengers, where there sure. is, like, in the beginning of the film, they bicker a lot. And I feel like there was enough there that someone could, if you wanted to make it, like, classic enemies to friends to lovers, you can dig into that and make them more antagonistic before they mm-hmm. develop a working relationship, before they... Yeah, friends, yeah. lovers, that whole thing. But... At least there, like, there is that that base of, like, they did not like each other, but at the same time, they weren't, like, horrible mm-hmm. to each other. And I think that's something you said you've struggled with a bit, is, like, yeah. if if that basis of enemies in the trope starts as them just being, like, truly horrible to one I another. I just want them to, like, be separated. Yeah. Like, <laughs> go, go hang out with people who will be nice to you. <laughs> but I think that's a valid thing that you struggle with, like, if... If they are enemies in the truest sense of the word and not just, like, rivals yeah. or people who have a sort of antagonistic relationship, like, are the ways in which they hurt each other, like, too much to overcome mm-hmm. to get them on the path of friends to lovers? Like, I think that makes sense for, like, why you yeah. struggle with this trope. Although, that being said, I don't know, this is a trope that I really <laughs> like reading. Um, but again, I really just think it comes down to the way that the author chooses to portray them in their quote-unquote enemies stage, yeah. for lack of a better way to say that. Um, I think it's sort of how they start really, really sets the tone for what the trajectory of the fic yeah. looks like, in addition to, like, how long it is and, and how much space the author has to do the emotional work that you were talking about. But I don't know. I This is a trope that I really like reading. Um, and this fic was very fun, too. But I also think, like, a BuzzFeed AU, a BuzzFeed Unsolved <laughs> AU is also just very fun. Um, I don't know. I I think I agree that, like, this is not necessarily what I think of as the most emblematic of this trope, but 
It has it has hints of it. Yeah, it's tagged. It's tagged. <laughs> also, fun fact: as I was looking through, Ao3 consolidates the enemies to lovers and the enemies to friends to lovers tags. Just a fun fact: it, hmm. they go to the same place. Mm, that's interesting. Which is making that's, me sad. That's actually I something I was friends. thinking about. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that is interesting, because I was actually like, thinking about how I kind of consider those to be different things. Um, I can see why AO3 consolidates the tag, because I think, like, there is a ton of overlap, but I think they also kind of take different, they can take different narrative paths. Um, I'm definitely someone who likes enemies to lovers, um, but I think... I have, like, I have some of the same hesitations that both of you do. I don't really like reading it very much when, like, in canon, they are super close um, friends and they never had any sort of animosity or, like, were enemies. Um, it doesn't really, like, work for me when that's sort of manufactured. And I think, I think, I think I definitely gravitated towards it more with fictional characters than with real people. But I think, like, in either case for me, it works best when they're, like, true enemies at the beginning. I don't really care if they are just, like, bickering co-workers. I don't count that as, like, enemies. Um, and it's, like, not a slight against this fic. I just, like, I think that's a different thing. I think sort of, like, having, like, a sort of rough start out to your relationship is different than, like, being enemies for years and years. <laughs> um, sure. And I think for me, like, the reason enemies to lovers can work when they're, like, deeply enemies is because I think that, like, that level of hatred, that level of sort of, like, obsessive hatred is, like, such a strong emotion that, like, I can see that there being something else underneath it, you know? Like, some other reason oh, that you wow. might be so fixated on this person. I think that, like... I feel like I'm back in Brenna's Jerry Club. Yeah, yeah, I mean, honestly, I just like, they're the definitely thing. the people who have, like, read the most fic for. And, like, I think Jerry <laughs> was, like, the ship that convinced me to like this trope. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think, like, I also don't... Like, if they are, if they are truly enemies, I don't need the friends component. Um, they can just skip over to lovers, and I'm chill with it. I mean, there still has to be, I think, like <laughs> redemption to the relationship. But if they want to start hooking up, like when they hate each other, like I'm down. Like I feel like that's enough. There's enough emotion there for me to buy their like obsession with each other, or like why they're drawn to each other. Because um, if they're just sort of like snarky, and then they never go through a friends phase, then it makes me like. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not as into it. I think for that, I definitely want the friends component. But for, like, true enemies, I could take it either way. It just depends on, like, how it's written, I think. And I think also, like, I enjoy a well-crafted, like, redemption arc as well. So if someone's truly terrible at the beginning, like, I don't really mind as long as the author, like, does enough work. Like, I was thinking about this recently in, like, a non-romantic sense because I just rewatched Avatar and, like, Zuko's redemption arc is perhaps the best redemption arc I've ever watched. Like, it's very good. Oh, we love um, Zuko. We love Zuko. Zuko's absolutely my favorite character. And, like, he is not a good person for a large part of the series. He does, like, pretty unforgivable things. Um, and yet, like, he works to earn his forgiveness and, like, his place amongst, like, the heroes of the story. Um, I like, I really like stories like that so i think i'm i'm down for when a, f a fic fe heavily features a character that we usually perceive as like pretty bad or evil or fucked up um as long as the author's willing to like put in the time and work well i think too for me redemption arcs feel different depending on the way like the 
the purpose of them almost because I feel like some some fic and some stories in general will like redeem a character just to serve the ship mm-hmm. or like the the things that they've done that are horrible are specifically against the other person in the ship and I think that's where I have a really hard time of like I don't know like I think people can be redeemed I think at the same time some things can be unforgivable and like I think some fic asks a lot of certain characters in terms of like forgiving someone for doing something horrible Mm -hmm. to them and then also like forming a relationship and like I think for me the balance just sometimes really doesn't work and I am a person who is kind of sensitive about apologies in fic I don't know if I've talked about this before on the pod like I really really struggle when a character has like super fucked up and either there's no apology in the fic the apology comes from the wrong person or it's apologizing for like kind of the wrong thing (laughs) i think i just like that is where this kind of a thing blurs the lines in a way that i don't always like that much where if there is this arc of someone who like did some horrible thing to someone and like that's why they're enemies and then they fall in love and like there's whole this whole thing like Sometimes that apology is missing or it just doesn't feel sincere or enough. And I think there is still like this push to like make it romantic and people will like love it because they like the ship and like they want the ship to happen. I don't know. Like, I don't want to, I don't think that generalizes all of this trope like at all. I think like (laughs) that is a subset of it, but I think that is one of the big reasons that I've avoided it because I just don't want to travel into those kinds of waters or find the potential for that kind of a situation that just like really does not vibe with me even though I know that there are is a lot of fic in this trope that like I really would vibe with I think I just avoid it as a whole partially because of that kind of subset of it yeah I think that definitely makes sense I mean I think yeah I've read a lot of fic where like the apologies are not like satisfactory um I guess for lack of a better word in my brain right now (laughs) but like I think the ones I've actually struggled with harder are ones where characters have hurt each other when they're already friends or when they're already, like, partners or together or whatever. Like, I'm thinking about a fic I read fairly recently where, like, the characters are, like, kind of hooking up and then one of them does something really unforgivable. And the fic tries to make up for it, but I never bought it because they were already supposed to care about each other so much when they did that to each other. And I, it just sat so poorly with me where, like, I think the reason I can sometimes vibe better with an apology from, like, an enemy's perspective is because they weren't supposed to give a shit about each other. Like, that was their enemy. Of course, they were going to try and hurt that person. And I think a big part of it is, like, a change in mentality, like, a, a full change and, like, coming around to a realization of why your past actions were wrong. Yeah. Well, now I'm thinking about, um, God, not to just get so far away from this <laughs> fic, but, like, Bremer, you're talking about Zuko, um, who is just simply one of the best characters of all time mm-hmm. ever. I think something like that I hadn't thought about until you were speaking but something that works well for me with his redemption is that um people like the characters in the show take his apology differently like not Mm -hmm. everyone immediately accepts it or accepts Mm -hmm. him so in the show I think part of the reason that his redemption like works is because of that because it's not like because it's an apology to many people and that apology lands differently and it takes people different amount of time to forgive him and it made me think about how in fix, like, maybe part of the reason that the apology doesn't stick as well is a little bit what you were saying before, Nick, that, like, it is usually done for the purpose of, like, furthering a romantic relationship. Uh-huh. And it's, like, I don't know how to phrase this, but, like, 
when the redemption is sort of just for one purpose or right. for one person and one purpose it's like, like and checking that it off the, the list and like now that we've gotten that over with they can like mm. be together without exactly <laughs> yeah which is which is not something i'd ever thought about before but maybe makes sense for part of the reason why this trope doesn't work for you as well because it's not mm. like um yeah because it's, it, it's not as like doing like having an apology or this redemption arc for the sake of the character themselves and like the overall narrative so much as it is for like the goal of getting them together yeah one thing i really love about this fic is like are they mortal enemies no um but i think in like any fic where you have people who are kind of at odds with each other um you often do get that moment where one of them goes like a little bit too far and that's sort of the moment where they start to I guess, realize that maybe they could be something else to each other instead of just, like, rivals or whatever. Um, In this fic, Bellamy makes some crack about Clark getting this job only through, like, nepotism because her dad, like, goes golfing with the owner of the company. The way in which the parallels to the show work in this fic is kind of hysterical, by the way. Like, the owner of the company is, like... The guy who, like, sort of is in charge of the arc, and then, like, he has this whole other situation over the seasons where he goes into a bunch of different things. But, like, thinking of him as, like, the boss at BuzzFeed is incredible to me. (laughs) It's just really funny. And also, like, they're all, like, juvenile delinquents in the show, but, like, they're just, like, wholesome BuzzFeed employees here, um, which I also love. But back to this, um, where Bellamy's like, yeah, like, she gets everything handed to her in a silver platter, like, go, like, spend your dad's money, like, blah, 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 whatever. Um, as in the show, um, Bell or not Bellamy, Clark's father is not alive <laughs> during this fic. So, like, yikes. Um, and in the fic, Clark just storms off, like, really upset, doesn't say anything. Um, and Bellamy's like, ooh, like, who spit in her cereal? What, <laughs> what was I trying to say there? <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. Who ruined her morning by doing something? <laughs> I don't know what the idiom is. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I was reading a fic in Spanish the other day. I feel like now I've lost all my idioms in like every direction. Oh no, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, he's like, what? What's up with her? Like that wasn't a big deal. Like everybody knows she got this job because of her dad. Like she, it really shouldn't be a big deal. All whatever. Um, later on, like a, a decent amount later into the fic, Clark is like, yeah, my dad's dead asshole, essentially. Um, I think that really is the moment where we get from Bellamy this shift in perspective of like, oh, there, I don't know everything there is to know about this person, and maybe the way I've treating, I've been treating her has been unfair. Um, and I feel like that is a moment that I really like in a fic and I think that this one did it pretty well where you really get to see like what happens when you go too far and it it endears you to Bellamy a little bit because like he seems like kind of just an asshole and like that's how he comes across in the show too like ooh he's got the swagger he's got the glare he's kind of mean a little hot um (laughs) you don't don't know what to think (laughs) but then like hey maybe he actually is a human being with a heart um and that heart might actually be good so I think that was what I, I really enjoyed. Also, the way that it cast them with Clark as the skeptic and Bellamy as the believer and Bellamy being super freaked out about everything was just a gift. It was very funny. It was much less true to the show, but I also loved it <laughs> just like as a choice. It was a lot of fun. I think, yeah, like this this fic does soften some of the edges of what the enemies to lovers trope can look like, but I thought that it worked and it was a nice reprieve from some of the horrible violence against teens that takes place in this show. 
it's something I did appreciate about this fic. As someone who had no knowledge, I thought this fic did a pretty good job of, like, giving me cues, um, like, giving me cues about the parallels to the canon Mm -hmm. and, like, about their relationship, like, the comments that he made early on about, um, Clark's dad, like, even though I didn't know the, the way in which that manifested in the show itself, like, I was like, okay, like, I can see, like, how, like, this would be an aspect of, like, their antagonistic relationship in the show and just, like, the ways in which they interacted with some of the other characters, like, their Mm -hmm. friends, like, I don't know, I just, I thought it did a pretty good job uh, from my no knowledge of (laughs) translating some of those, like, relationships and um, maybe, like, big beats of the show and of their, like, backstories into a much lighter and fluffier AU. It's a big change. Yeah, but I just thought, I thought, like, it came across well for me. Yeah, I think this, I think this fic did a good job of showing, like, from an outside perspective, um, like, which points are probably key to their relationship in the show, and then also which sort of elements fandom deems important about either their uh, individual personalities or their relationship. Um, But I I do think it did a really good job, like, with its execution. Um, And I I liked also, like, I don't think any of the, like, locations or anything it used are exactly from Unsolved. I think it made up sort of its own versions, and I thought that they were very, like, clever and good, but feel appropriately unsolved E, Like, I could easily see Shane and Ryan going to these places, and I think, like, the the elements of whatever, like, scary thing or, like, ghost story there is about these places that, like, the fic wrote for itself, um, I think all of that worked really well to, to sort of create the moments that, like, BuzzFeed Unsolved fic also really relies on, like, these moments where one of them is really scared or, like, the moment where the skeptic um, sort of has some sort of, like, experience that shakes them a bit. Uh, I feel like those are things that I really, like, look for in BuzzFeed Unsolved fic, and I thought this fic did a good job, like, manufacturing those as well. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, like, a couple things. First, like, yes, I love a BuzzFeed Unsolved AU or a BuzzFeed Unsolved fic, to be honest. Um, and I think I loved, love, loved the moment where um, Clark sort of went to go check out whatever, like, weird stuff was going on off in, like, the dark tunnel or whatever. Um, and she comes back, like, pretty shaken because I think we, we talked about this, I think, fairly recently, um, that sort of the thing you want in in a fic like this is for the person who is the skeptic or the person who is like sort of the, the, the stronger one, the one the other person is leaning on to like have that moment of uncertainty and vulnerability. And I think this fic like really nailed that beat, um, which I, I think is quite essential to a fic like this. Um, I also think the characterization was really solid in this. Clark and Bellamy are both very headstrong people, um, characters, I guess. Um, and, and this fic did a good job highlighting the different ways in which that manifests and how that sort of looks when they're together. Um, I think in the fic as well as in the show, a lot of the times they butt heads, but ultimately Clark ends up sort of leading anyway, <laughs> uh, which I love. Have I said we stand Clark? I have. We stand Clark. I really <laughs> just, love her. Just to reiterate, we stand Clark. She's one of my favorite characters, I think, just like across the board. Mm. Yeah, I, I got back into my feelings a lot about this show as I was reading this fic and like doing research and stuff. Like, oh, my kids, my my delinquent kids that are so traumatized. <laughs> oh, God. That's okay. Um, but yeah, that and like the... I also really thought it was cute that we saw... Um, some little, like, Twitter stuff. We we did most of this last episode um, when we talked about fandom and fic, but just seeing, like, people tweeting, like, OMG, they're together, like, no, shut up, respect them. And then Clark at the very end being like, hee 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 hee. 
with her little tweet about like, yeah, we're, we're dating. It's fine. Um, I don't know. It was just cute. Like I, this was a very, ugh, I picked such a feel good fic for my enemies to lovers. <laughs> <laughs> it really was though. Like it made me happy. So yeah, Don't Try Demon by Prosciutto is a The 100 BuzzFeed Unsolved AU where we see our characters from a completely different setting um, transplanted into a kind of familiar world for us. Um, I really love the way that this fic hit some really fun emotional beats. I love the way it characterized Clark and Bellamy and their relationship. Um, and I liked that they were rivals at the beginning and then became lovers at the end, I guess. So my fic for this episode is Careful the Tale You Tell by Shine a Light on Me. It is a Raven Cycle fic. It's Ronan Adam. Um, this fic is, as I stated in the intro, it's an AU, but, um, just to give you a little bit of context about the source material, it's about a group of five teenagers who are searching for the old Welsh king, Glendo- Glendower, I don't know, mm. sure, um, who is, like, sleeping somewhere on, like, an invisible, magical line called the Ley Line. Um, two of the characters who are searching for him are, wow, s- surprise, Ronan and Adam, um, who- over the course of the four books, both stumble into their own versions of magic. Um, so um, there is a forest, much like in this fic, although in this fic it is not named and it functions a little differently. But in the source material, there is a forest called Caveswater that is magical and a little bit sentient. And um, Adam makes a deal with it. It gives him vague magic powers and um, he sort of becomes a little bit less human as a result of doing that. Um, And then Ronan has an ability where he can bring items from his dreams into reality. Um, And in the fourth book, one of those things that he brings is a satyr girl? I don't know. She's a girl who has hooves for feet. um, And he calls her orphan girl and he accidentally brings her um, from his dream into real life. Um, everyone is sort of like, Ronan, we are literally teenagers. What are we supposed to do with this child? Um, but Ronan's like, it's fine. I definitely am responsible and can take care of her. So they start out calling her Orphan Girl and they end up naming her Opal. And that's relevant because she is in this fic. Um, also just for funsies, uh, just to mention, Adam and Ronan are canon in the books. Yes. Um, Ronan is gay and Adam is bisexual. The labels themselves, I don't think are ever explicitly stated, but like Adam... Dates girls, and then he dates Ronan, and Ronan has made it pretty clear that he's only interested in men. Um, And they do canonically get together, which is really wonderful. We stan. Yeah. Oh, I love them so much. When I read this fic for the first time, I decided to start doing a reread of the series, and I'd read, like, one of the books, and then I did another reread before this episode, and at this point, I am almost done with the fourth and final book, and, like, oh, God, it was so... So wonderful to like dive back into this series, um, in part because I forgot how much I loved it, and also in part because it gave me so much stronger of an appreciation for this fic. Um, like I said, like it is an AU, so you don't actually need to really know anything about canon, but the author is very, very clever about the ways in which it draws parallels to canon. Um, and so that was really fun to read it for a second time and have the canon knowledge more fresh in my memory. Um, this fic, though, uh, Hey, my trope that I don't, well, one of the two tropes that I don't normally go for is a fairy tale AU. 
And um, in this case, it is that Ronan makes a deal with a witch, the witch being Adam, makes a deal when he's a teenager um, in order to save his mom. And as a um, part of that deal, he agrees to give up his firstborn child. And he does that because he's like, haha, I'm gay. I'm never going to get anyone <laughs> pregnant. I won't have a child. It's fine. Um, and then 10 years later, he stumbles across opal opal stumbles across him yeah. literally from the forest she just sort of appears on his property at first ronan thinks it's a giant rat that's been like <laughs> stealing his oh stuff. Yeah. yeah like biting his cheese and stuff that was yeah. killing me um but so opal sort of stumbles into ronan's life and does become his daughter and then sure enough adam shows up to take her away um which ronan does not um <laughs> does not appreciate so that being said i guess like the only sort of content warning I would have for this fic and for this discussion is just that um, Adam has a lot of feelings about like Ronan like giving up his child and like using her as a bartering piece even when he like yeah. didn't know that she would be a person in his life. Um, so there's some sort of like narrative around that about the terms of the deal that they made. Um, that's really it I think as far as content warnings go. So, like I said in the intro, um, unlike Nick and Bren, I didn't necessarily go for tropes that I, like, super absolutely won't read. Um, but of the two, I'm definitely way less inclined to read fairy tale I use. Um, and I was thinking about it, and, and I think the primary reason that I just tend not to read those fics is um, actually kind of similar to some of the things Bren was saying about why she doesn't read Amnesia fic. Which is that, um, you know, when I go into a fic, I am sort of expecting at least, like, some base familiarity with, like, the types of characterizations that I'm going to get and, like, who the characters are um, and their personalities. And, you know, like, obviously different authors have different takes on characters, but um, there is sort of, like, a commonality that, like, draws us to the characters and, and to that type of fic. And I think with fairy tale I use... Because you are putting characters into, like, a prescribed story, you have to sort of modify them to fit those roles. Um, and so if you're taking, like, two characters that maybe don't have the same personalities as, like, the characters in the original fairy tale, then you have to twist them a bunch. Um, and at that point, for me, I feel like I, when I'm reading fic, I'm kind of like, okay, well, this is a nice rendering of this fairy tale, but it doesn't feel like I'm reading the characters that I came here for. Um, so I think that's just something that I, like, struggle with a little bit with this trope, is um, if it is, like, really true to the fairy tale, that it feels like maybe it strays a little bit further away from, quote-unquote, canon characterizations than I would like. Um, and I think that's something that I really, really appreciated about this fic, is that Ronan and Adam and, and Opal felt so true to their canon selves. Like, the setting is a little bit different and the magic is different and the story is obviously different, but even though they were fitting into this role of the witch takes the firstborn child, like, they just felt so true to them, um, which made for a really delightful read and I think um, is is one of the reasons why I brought this fix. I was like, ah, this trope, this is what I would want out of this trope, um, is familiar characters in an unfamiliar setting. Um and I think maybe part of the reason that that is a preference of mine is just because I'm someone who really loves AUs, but I deeply, deeply love canon content and like canon compliant or canon adjacent. Um, and I think the further a fic strays from canon, the more 
like closely I'm paying attention to the characterizations because you're removing some of the familiar things and you're removing like some of what I loved, like the thing that drew me to that material in the first place. And so what I have to go on are these characters that I love. And if they are too unfamiliar for me, then it just doesn't work. Um, so I think honestly, that's just sort of what I struggle with, with fairy tale I use. Um, and as far as kid fic goes, I also said this a little bit in the intro, but, um, I used to not read kid fic at all. And honestly, like, I don't know that I had a specific reason for it. Like, I don't think there always has to be like a huge reason why you sure. like or dislike a trope. Like people just have preferences. But in the past couple of years, I've definitely found myself more open to it. Um, like I said, like if it's wrecked to me by a friend or if it's by an author that I've read a bunch for and I really like, I'm way more willing to dive into a kid fic. Um, but I think something that can be really tough with kid fic is just that like writing kids is hard, um, especially depending on like what age or ages the author chooses to make the kids. Um, I think that's just like, this is not like a, um, any sort of like judgment on fic authors. I think it is just really difficult to write children, especially like young children. Um, and so I think kids in kid fic can be very hit or miss, um, and can be something that sort of makes me shy away from reading that trope. Um, but the kid in this fic is a little girl from the woods who is described as half feral, um, which is not inaccurate. And also I think a nod to canon in that she is like literally half feral. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think part of the reason that this fic really worked for me is that it is not like similar to both of your fics like it is not necessarily the most typical representation of these tropes um which is probably why i enjoyed it as much as i did um can i share a gripe that i have with kid kid um content sometimes yes please do Okay, so this is not actually fic. This is um, from a Hallmark original movie mm -hmm. um, around Christmas time, where this woman in her like big shot apartment, like uh, yeah, apartment, but like also her corner office or whatever. She's like some executive, you know, like living a good life, but she's lonely. Um, so she goes on like a business trip uh, somewhere and gets stuck in the town of Christmas. I'm not making that up. The town is named Christmas in this movie. Oh, like, of course it is. Yeah, I believe you. And she. Yeah, and she meets this man who his business is selling Christmas trees, but, like, people mm -hmm. aren't buying them, eh, whatever. Anyway, uh, they fall in love. Who cares? He has a daughter. Um, and, like, the way that this kid speaks every single scene, I was dying. <laughs> it was like she'd met this lady twice, and she was like, are you going to be my mom? And I was like, hello? <laughs> and she's like, oh, no. oh like, it was like, I don't remember this lady's name, like Marnie or whatever. Like, oh, is Marnie coming? I want to hang out with Marnie. I was like, don't you have other things to care about? Like, you're a child. Go, like, I don't know, throw a rock or something. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Opal in this fic, thankfully, is absolutely the kind of kid who would go throw a rock or something. So <laughs> yeah, I appreciate Opal you. Yeah. Throws lots of rocks, rocks, I think. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that specific kind of a thing was always what, like, would make me angry. And I feel like I see it less in fic and more, like, in stuff like that that's like, oh, this is so cheesy. Also, have you ever met a child? Um, <laughs> actual kid fic, I generally am more amenable towards. Like, especially if it's, like, it's a baby, so, like, I feel like that's kind of hard to mess up. <laughs> sure. Can't really mess up a baby's characterization. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly think, like, sort of 
baby acquisition fic is kind of what changed my mind about kid fic. Like, I used to, I don't think I ever, like, hated it, but I had read some where, like, I just didn't vibe with, like, the kid OCs, so I'd kind of stopped, like, clicking on it. And then I started reading some where the kids are just babies and not, like, five-year-olds who have personalities, but instead are just, like, this small, Mm -hmm. squishy being that, like, they're forced to take care of. And I really liked those fics, and I think now I'm, like, a lot more open to kid fic in general because of it. But I do think it's tricky with, like, the kid OCs. Like, I would have no idea how to write, like, a toddler. Like, I would probably make it terrible. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't do that. I think I could probably write a baby. Um... But yeah, I think like, I think the thing that sometimes makes it easier is like when the kid is more of a canon character, which like, I thought this was like a fun twist. I don't actually know any of the Raven Cycle canon, really. Again, only what I have absorbed through Tumblr osmosis. So I knew like the four main characters names. (laughs) Um, And that's about it. I, I was aware going into this, this was like a twist on it. Like this kid doesn't exist in this form in canon. But like, I do like that it was pulled partially from that and then like yeah expanded on i thought that was clever yeah you still got some like weird forest acquisition going on of this (laughs) child yeah absolutely um yeah i think like fairy tale AUs. i was trying to think about this like i think it's something where like the intricacies of tagging comes into play for me like i was thinking about Mm. how much more likely i would be to click on a fic that was tagged fairy tale elements than fairy tale au (laughs) Mm. like i don't mind when people like pull in bits and pieces but when i think i'm just gonna go in and like read like i don't know a beauty and the beast retelling i'm not interested but also i don't really like a lot of like sort of typical western fairy tales to begin with um at least not the like disney-fied versions mm-hmm. um so i think like that's just not something i would like I, I think that's a trend in like ya books too to do a lot of like fairy tale retellings and it's never appealed to me like i don't think it's like a fic only thing um for me but i like i i do like when people sort of pull elements of it and then like do their whole own thing with those um and i felt like that's more of what this fic read like for me like it sort of starts off with that fairy tale premise of like there's a witch in the woods and you make a deal and they take your firstborn child and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but it didn't follow the path from there of any other fairy tale i've ever read like it felt very organic and like its own story um so i think i think that's what really made it work for me Totally. I mean, I, I completely agree with that. I think if you take a fairy tale premise and then you do your own thing with it, I'm more inclined to be like excited about it as opposed to like this is a specific story that you already know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't know, sometimes it feels more like a fan cast than it does yeah. like a yeah. new story. I don't know. And it completely depends on how the author does it. But that goes beyond, I think, just fairy tale AUs. Like a lot of times I won't click on something if it's tagged like AU of like a story I already know I can't think of a good example right now but like yeah Mm. like sometimes I'll be like "Ooh, this looks like you're just rewriting the same story that I've already read with your own characters and does have that sort of fan casty feeling and like I don't want to say that that's something someone can't write like I'm sure that they are fun to write I've never tried it but like that's not really like what I'm usually looking for personally yeah yeah, and it totally depends on how the author does it. Like, I'm rereading a Crazy Rich Asians AU right now that is, like, one of my <laughs> favorite fics, like, maybe ever. It's so good, and it pulls so much from the original, like, text and movie, 
but also it like very much is true to its internal characterization of who it wants these people to be and the story takes different beats that are guided by the characters and I think that's when it really works for me and that was what I felt in this fic too that like the the path ended up diverging at a lot of points not because the author was like bored with the original story but because that was what the characters needed in order to keep growing in the direction that they were growing well I think that kind of gets back to what I was saying about like when this trope doesn't work for me is when you are just fitting a character into a role yeah. and mm-hmm. and not like instead like changing the role to fit the character mm-hmm. and um yeah i mean I, I think that is like just sort of the key difference in in how i feel about not just fairy tale i use but similar type tropes um i feel like we should all shake hands or something <laughs> good job team we're in agreement about this one <laughs> we've done it wow god this is speaking of tropes i did realize um literally moments before I started speaking that my fic is also tagged enemies to lovers, which is so funny. Okay, Reed, you show off. Overachieving Reed. Rounding all... Well, it's funny because I wouldn't... I I didn't notice the tag the first time around, and I wouldn't necessarily consider this fic enemies to lovers, even though, like... I would. I get that they're antagonistic. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. I had not considered it that, and I had also missed that tag, so... (laughs) (laughs) I don't read tags, so... Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I miss all the tags. I said this before, but I just absolutely adored the characterizations of this fic. Um, Not just because they were true to canon, but just because they are so fun to read. Um, Ronan is someone who is, like, very stubborn, very, very bullheaded. And so when... um, when Opal gets taken from him, he, like, treks four days back to his, like, hometown to go back into the woods where he first met Adam and get Opal back. And when he figures out that he can't, like, because magic will just keep returning her to Adam's house, he just brings a bunch of, like, materials into the woods and then starts building a little shelter off of the side <laughs> of Adam's house. He builds an, ad- an addition to the house. <laughs> like, What? And, like, Adam Incredible. comes outside and he's like, can you not? And Ronan's like, like I'm not leaving without Opal. <laughs> it's the Ronan I just love that Adam's like, okay, I guess. I just, that happens, like, fairly early into the fic, and I feel like it just sets the tone for who Ronan is the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. Adam is, because the, the fic switches POVs between Adam mm-hmm. and Ronan, which is something I also really appreciated. Um, because you get Ronan, who at first just sees Adam as, like, the enemy, basically. Oh, God, maybe it is enemies to lovers. Um, uh. <laughs> well, he, he sees Adam as just, like, this uncaring, like, witch who took away his daughter and has, like, no regard for, like, Opal. Um, and so Ronan, like, will do whatever it takes to get her back. Like, he will sit and he will live for years on Adam's property until Opal is sort of, like, I guess, like, freed from her obligation to Adam. Yeah. Versus from Adam's perspective, he's, like you agreed to give away this child, um, which is something, as I mentioned in the beginning with the content warning, like, he is very upset about um, uh, for a while in the fic until Ronan sort of gets into the, like, I'm gay and I didn't ever think I would have a kid. Um, Like, it's not like I was using a child as a bartering piece. Like, I just could not have fathomed her existing. Um, But I think their split POV just does a lot to sort of round out this whole story and to... I don't know, give, yeah, give you a different perspective on, like, the witch took my child yeah. type of thing. Um, I I think Adam would have been a sympathetic character regardless. Like, I think if this whole fic was from mm-hmm. Ronan's POV, I don't think it would have been hard to make Adam sympathetic. But I did very much appreciate, like, getting into his, his head as well. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because in the 
books, correct me if I'm wrong, Reed, you read them more recently than I did. We don't ever know a Ronan and Adam that are not friendly. Like they know they each have other. A, they have such an interesting push pull. Like, yeah, they when you they're start the strangers. books. No, when you start the books, they are fully like with Gansey, like they yeah. are in his friend group. In the same squad. In the same squad. But like Adam's ob- observations of Ronan in the books are fascinating. And I think a lot of that translates well to this fic too. Oh, I want to reread them. You I have should, so many so books so I want to reread right now though. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I don't know. Like Adam in the books makes observations about how like Ronan's default state is sort of like a very sharp, like if he's, if he's, even if he's happy, he's sharp. And when he's not, you know, smugly pleased with himself, it's anger. Like the only emotion that Ronan knows how to express outwardly is anger um oh and i think the ronin of this or the adam of this fic also like sees a lot of that like blustering on ronin's behalf like sees a lot of that sharpness and then knows that there is more going on underneath but Mm -hmm. also like adam still gets annoyed by him in both fic and canon yeah (laughs) which like makes sense they're very different people and i think a huge testament to this author that they managed to make this relationship work because I think it's a tough one. I think it's a deeply rewarding one. I remember reading the books and loving the way that they came together. Um, but I think it's difficult. And they start out as incredibly different people who don't really understand each other. Um, and what, this this fic was, what, under 25,000 words, yeah? Yeah, I think, I think 24K? maybe. 24K? I think 26K. Oh, Ooh, I lied. <laughs> no, I tried so 26K. Hard. God damn it. It's over 25,000 words, everyone. <laughs> but just barely. Yeah, 26K, whatever. Um, it's certainly shorter than four books <laughs> all put together. Um, and so I think I was just super impressed at the way their relationship built and grew and developed and um almost like folded back over itself as they got to know each other better yeah i just think that these two characters like i don't think that they they fit in the same way that some other characters like might um and i don't know that we have like a really really deep well of canon established relationship to sort of work from um and so i just thought it was so impressive that this fic really did manage to fit them together in a way that like made sense and made me happy and like brought in the parts of the relationship that I love and the the parts of the way that they see each other that I thought were really like touching in the books. Yeah, I mean like I like I said I don't know these characters, like I have not read these books. Um but their relationship really worked for me in this. I will also say if we do count this as enemies to friends to lovers, then it's an enemies to lovers that we all liked, which I think is another win for us as a team. Um, But just within this fic, it actually got me kind of thinking partway through about like, what makes something feel like fan fiction? Um, Because I think this is like kind of a hard question to answer, you know, like there's sort of the definitions of fan fiction as like, oh, it's, you know, a transformative work written by fans about characters or people who like already exist or whatever you want to say. Um, but this fic kind of got me thinking about like, okay, I don't know these characters. I don't know their world. Like, what is there stopping this from just feeling like original fiction to me and not like fan fiction? And I think a lot of it comes down to like particular like emotional and like relationship moments. Um, I think like this fic pulls that off so well. Like, I don't, I wish I'd like written some of them down for myself because I didn't really do so. But like, I think just like the way that their relationship develops through this fic felt so 
fan fiction-y to me in like in a good way like I that's something I love it just really like got me thinking about like what are things that we see in fic that we don't see other places and I think like certain elements of like their relationship and how it grows at which at which moments we're sort of transitioning from like something close to enemies to something closer to friends and then from something that's like friends to something that's more romantic I think there's like a moment where Adam sort of thinks to himself like he's not going to think about how like Ronan is looking at him and I was like oh that's fan fiction baby (laughs) like I don't know it was just good I honestly had a delightful time with this fic like I wasn't sure how I would feel about it especially because like I think as we've all experienced, it can sometimes be harder to read effects for things where you don't know the source material. Um, But I had like a really fun time with it. Yeah, the ending is amazing. I don't know who wants to talk about like their getting together moment, but it's it's really good. I like, I almost expected myself not to like it because it's like it's edging towards kind of like cheesy, but it, I don't know, it pulls it off so well. I was just, like, smiling throughout, like, a lot of this. I I found it delightful. I also really liked how low-key a lot of the magic was, I think. Like, they're not, like... I think a lot of it is more about this, like, push and pull, this, like, give and take. What are you owed? Like, what is the price for certain things? What is... What, what do you need to do to keep the world in balance? Um, that really worked for me. Uh, yeah, I just... I like that... I don't know how much of that is, like, from source text or, like, how much of that is the author's invention, but it really worked for me. I liked it a lot, especially with sort of, like, the dynamic between Adam and Ronan and sort of, like, how their relationship grows. I think the magic system of the world sort of, like, really complemented that. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I really liked that it was, like, some of the magic was so big and, like, weighty, but then so much of it was, like, magic has a price and the price is... Adam inconveniences Ronan and then, like, feels a slight pain in his body and then inconveniences Ronan again and then feels a slight pain in his body. Like, that mm-hmm. was cracking me up. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was it was really fun to see how small magic can be such a big part of a fic where big magic is kind of the, the premise and the background and the foundation of it. Yeah. Something I thought about, like, uh, when Bren was saying, like, what do you have to give up, like, the transactional nature of magic in this fic um not to lean too much into being cheesy but um the whole reason that Ronan makes this deal in the first place when he's 15 is because his mom his mom falls into an unnatural sleep and she's asleep for five days and the doctors can't figure out what's going on so he goes to make a deal with a witch um and his brother Declan is like don't give up something you can't afford and Ronan thinks to himself like that's like that's the problem with his brother that his brother doesn't realize that like there's nothing more important than family and, like, Whoops. I just think that it is so clever and good of this fic that the thing that Ronan gives up in return is family, is his daughter. And, like, that's what he gets back at the end is that the three of them are a little family. Oh. Um, oh. We all keep talking about their coming together. <laughs> and I just, like, I need to read this line. I All I do in this podcast is read uh, lines from works. And then wail. But, and wail. But you know what? <laughs> I think that's okay. I, I'm happy with that being my brand. Um. So, um, I I think Bren alluded to this, but um, Adam has, like, noticed that Ronan has been sort of, like, looking at him, which is also something in in the books. Like, he notices Ronan, like, that Ronan sort of is interested in him, and he knows it's a dangerous thing to play with, that he can't just, like, take that lightly. Um, So, I like that that was echoed here. But so, so Adam is sort of, like, not really thinking about it and not really talking about it until it all, like, 
not like comes to, it's nothing like big that it like comes to a head at the end it's just sort of like they're sitting around a campfire and things have settled and um adam decides to lean in and um they're talking about like like adam's talking about how he doesn't he doesn't know how to do things like if they're not like a transactional deal sort of um and so Ronan says, if I made a wish to live in the woods with the witch and to raise our daughter together and to have the witch fall in love with me, what would that cost me? You'd have to stay, he says. You'd have to love the witch back. Yeah, I know. That's my wish. I asked what it would cost. Oh, oh God. It's so good. It's good. Like, I like screamed a little bit like when I read it like out loud just because I was like, ah, like, oh, my heart. It was ah. so sweet. I don't know. I just... Like, the three of them, the three of them, including, like, Opal, like, mm-hmm. all, I don't want to say, like, have to fight to make it work, but at the same time, like, there's a lot, a lot of work that has to be done in order yeah. to make that dynamic work between They're the like three a, of them. like, a freaky little family. A little bit. I, I mean, love them. like, mm-hmm. Adam makes a note that, like, he, like, he himself is not, like, totally human, and maybe that works because, like, Opal doesn't really come across as totally human yeah. either. That they're, like, both unsettling, and maybe that will work in his favor. Yeah. But it's, like, Opal is so, like... Opal struggles with both Ronan and Adam in terms of, like, trust. Like, they struggle with each other. I don't know. And so they just get this, like, lovely, sweet little ending. And it made me really happy. Yeah. I think one of the things that, like, made the ending work so well for me is that them getting together isn't the, like, climax point of this story. Like, there's this whole shit with basically, like, Adam trying to get rid of these, like, magical artifacts that Ronan's dad had purchased and, like, are now like there's like this evil mirror that's probably the thing that like cursed Ronan's mom when he was a kid and like basically there's this big magical kind of like storm and it's evil and it's going to tear them all apart and then um like there's all like that is to say i think like the the sort of tension point of this fic is is much more like sort of magic related and i think that made their getting together like afterwards work so well for me like i like that they had to go through all of that first and and i like that like there's a scene where um opal and uh wow i can't speak where opal and adam um sort of go into this like dream trance state to be able to magically protect ronan when he's not there um and I just like that we got all of those, like, big, tense moments first. Like, I think that that really helped, like, helped make the story work for me as someone who, like, didn't know these characters ahead of time and, like, really made their, like, getting together relationship, like, pay off at the end. So, yeah, I just thought this was a really well done um, take on both a fairy tale you and a kid fic. Um, I thought it brought some of the things that I love about canon um, to life in its fic really, really well. Um, I liked the way that the magic was presented. I just, and it ended so soft and sweet, which is something that I really appreciate, but it also like did the work to earn that ending. Um, So thank you to M for introducing me to this fic, um, for showing me some of the reasons why you like these tropes and the ways in which this trope can be done really well. Um, And also to shine a light on me for writing a really delightful fic. Um, yeah, that's all I've got. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of Fit Click. We, as always, had an incredible time discussing some of the best fics out there. And also, you know, breaking apart tropes that we don't like that much. I hope that was fun to listen to. <laughs> it probably was. I think we're pretty good at it, actually. 
Um, uh, yeah, same as always. If you want to check us out on social media, you can find us on Twitter at FitClick, Tumblr also at FitClick. Uh, we have a Discord server that you can join. It is on our Twitter. Um, you can also email us if you want to send us long forum thoughts or, I don't know, communicate discreetly, um, fitclickpod at gmail.com. Yeah, we would just love to hear your thoughts in general. If you enjoy this show, um, please, please consider leaving us a review on whatever podcast, uh, podcatcher you listen to this on. I think that's the word for it. Um, it really helps us in terms of visibility. If you, you know, rate, review, help other people who might be into this show find us as well. Same thing, word of mouth helps a lot. If you have a friend or a mom who you're like, wow, they would love this show, let them know. We recently hit um, 2,000 downloads, which was exciting for us. So I just want to say thank you to everyone for that. Um, yeah, and I think, like like Nick said, um, word of mouth, I think, is the biggest way that we've grown. So please, if you enjoy this, we super appreciate you retweeting, telling your friends, talking about the pod. All of that just makes us super excited and happy and gives us the willpower to continue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but like... Um, all that just like makes us more excited to keep making more content and like new projects in the future. Okay, so for our next episode, which is not themed in any way whatsoever. No, this time for real. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no accidental themes, no hidden themes for you to guess. Just three good fix. Just three good fix. Brent, what are you bringing? All right, I'm going to bring a fic called With My Feet Towards the Stars, Let Me Remember You As You Were When You Existed, which is a really long title, but a really good fic um, by Carrier. I think that's probably how you say it. Maybe it's not. I'm so sorry. Either way, I'm excited about this fic. It's a Star Trek 2009 reboot series fic. Um, yeah, so a new fandom for us, but a fandom I've been in for a really long time. So I'm excited to bring it. Uh, Nick, what's your fic? So my pick for our next episode is called To Keep You Inside by uh Ergyod SLV Ergyod Ergyod SLV y'all please I got so lucky with prosciutto and now I'm back to my <laughs> suffering um, anyway, it's great. Um, this is a fic for the book series Shades of Magic by V.E. Schwab, and it is an Alucard Rye fic, and I am so excited about this fandom too. Yay! Um, Reed, what are you bringing for our next episode? Yeah, so remember, I think it was last episode, remember when I was like, haha, I read a fic for Griffin McElroy's Nuzlocke from the POV of his Pidgeot. <laughs> Um, and if, the ficlets went wild for yeah, it. Yeah, if you're like, wow, that sounds fascinating, and I wish they would bring it to the pod, you're in luck, because that's my pick. Yes! It is um, the only fic I can find in the archive that is tagged for Griffin McElroy's Pokemon Y Nuzlocke Challenge web series. So, <laughs> truly iconic. Deep A trendsetter. Um, the name of this fic is Death of a Sparrow, and it's written by Ion the Sparrow. Ah. Um. Well, I'm excited to talk about this. I, it's, I'm coming for your brand of a deep cut, Nick. Yeah, I don't know what's happening at all with this. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so that's those are our very different three picks. No theme, just just some good writing going on. Yeah. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you tune in for our next one. Mm -hmm. We hope you buy our merch. Yeah. And until then... 
Bye. Bye.